So we're wrapping up our current sermon series called The Tipping Point. It's all about how God fills us with his gifts, gifts of forgiveness, mercy, grace, love, skills and talents, and even money. He fills us to the tipping point where they then overflow into other people. Today we're going to continue that conversation, and I thought what better way to discuss God's gifts than with a food metaphor. And the best food in the world is Thanksgiving turkey. So we're going to run with that. You see, I absolutely love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite meal of the year. It's my favorite holiday. Maybe because it's the unofficial kickoff to Christmas, but really it's because of the food. Turkey, dressing, mashed potatoes, gravy, rolls, sweet potatoes, and even green bean casserole. I love it all. Celebrating with an over-the-top tipping point Feast is my favorite way to show how thankful I am for the food, fellowship, and faith that God has gifted me every year. And if you're like me, you ate and ate and ate this past Thursday until you maybe reached a tipping point. And then the next day, you were faced with a pretty cool problem. What to do with all the leftovers? So I made a graph showing my usual, typical Thanksgiving leftover journey. It starts the day after Thanksgiving with a meal that's not quite as good as the day of feast, but pretty close. It's the Thanksgiving leftover sandwich complete with turkey, Swiss cheese, cranberry mayo, stuffing, gravy on buttered sourdough toast. It's pretty good. The next day, my go-to for dinner is turkey tikka masala. I take all the dark meat that's left over, and I stew it in Indian spices and cream and serve it on rice with freshly baked naan. It's also pretty good. But then the next day or two, I start to get a little desperate, and when I get desperate, I get creative. And I start to make things like turkey tacos, They're okay, I'm just not sure if stuffing and gravy and cranberry sauce is supposed to go on a taco. And then, if you're like me, you start to get really desperate, and you look to TikTok, which is not a good place to look for advice, and you see what the trending turkey Thanksgiving leftover recipes are, and this year it's Thanksgiving pizza. Meh. Eventually, a week and a half later, Before you know it, you find yourself eating cold leftovers over a kitchen sink at midnight because someone's got to eat them. (laughs) And in that low point, you realize it's probably just time to throw away what's left. Leftovers can be great, but we don't have to get to the point where they are being wasted. Some of my favorite memories come from Thanksgiving, and one in particular taught me that the Thanksgiving meal is best the day of, fresh, and shared with others. The first time I visited my future wife's family for Thanksgiving, I met a bunch of people there, family and friends, and there was one particular lady that after small talk I asked her, hey, how do you know the Bratchers? And she said, I met Gail this morning at the grocery store as I was shopping for a frozen turkey dinner. And she invited me to Thanksgiving. And that was a beautiful 
life-changing moment for me because it was a gospel truth. I remember my mother-in-law saying something along the lines of, this meal is way better when it's fresh. We always have too many leftovers. It's a shame not to share it when it's at its best. And that was a beautiful, beautiful gospel truth. You see, we sometimes treat God's gifts, especially the gospel message itself, like it's a Thanksgiving leftover. We want and enjoy the gifts God has given us, forgiveness, grace, mercy, and love. Sometimes we fill up on those things. But when it comes to having extra, extra good news, extra forgiveness, extra grace, extra skills, time, and even extra money, we hold on to the extra for way longer than we should. And honestly, we end up wasting God's gifts sometimes. Our inclination, our tendency is to hold on to God's gifts tightly and only share them when we know we have enough hidden away in our refrigerators and freezers just in case we want more later. But our God, he is not a God who hides gifts in the freezer. He is free wheeling with them. He doesn't dish out leftovers. He is constantly giving us the best and God's gifts have no end. There is always more grace and mercy. Remember the parable of the prodigal son? He went off and spent his inheritance and came back tail between his legs to his father and his father welcomed him with open arms and was prodigal in return. He laid out a feast of the best foods possible and that is who our God is. We know our God does not hold on to leftovers because Christ gave us everything. His life, his death, and his resurrection for us. Each one of us has overflowing gospel gifts. And the biggest good news gospel gift that we have been given is Christ himself. And it's not a leftover we feast on when we partake in the Lord's Supper. It's the main dish served fresh over and over again for us. And we don't have to give others leftovers either. God is giving us fresh grace, mercy, and forgiveness, and love every single day. Our reading today is all about the amazing gifts that God has given us and how his gifts overflow past the tipping point. And I like to think that if Jesus told this parable today, and if he told it this time of year, it might sound something like this, the parable of the turkeys. You know what it looks like when God is in control, when he is reigning as king? It looks a lot like a regional manager of a paper company who is about to go on vacation to Jamaica for Thanksgiving. Before he leaves, he calls his employees to the conference room for a meeting. To the assistant to the regional manager, he gave a 15-pound Kelly Bronze Heritage Turkey, the Rolls-Royce of turkeys, priced at $14 a pound. To his second-best salesman, he gave a 13-pound Whole Foods Market organic young turkey priced at $4 a pound. To the temp, he gave a 12-pound Walmart Great Value Turkey priced at $1 a pound. Each employee was given a turkey based on his talents and skills. Then the boss left for Jamaica. 
The one who received the Rolls Royce of turkeys wrapped the turkey in bacon, stuffed it with a Berkshire pork sausage dressing, and slow roasted it to perfection. He then invited his new neighbors who had just moved to America over for their first Thanksgiving feast and served the heritage turkey with all the traditional sides. There were no leftovers. The second best salesman who received the organic Whole Foods market turkey injected his turkey with butter and spices and deep fried it. He brought his turkey to his girlfriend's family's get-together in an attempt to impress her and her family. It worked and there were no leftovers. But the temp who received the great value turkey, emptied out the freezer in the break room and left his turkey at work over the Thanksgiving holiday. He turned down the multiple invites he had for Thanksgiving dinner and ordered a pizza that he ate alone at home. There were leftovers, which he eventually threw away. After a couple weeks, the manager returned and called a meeting where he asked his employees what they did with their turkeys. The assistant to the manager said, Sir, I wrapped your turkey in bacon, stuffed it with sausage, and served it to my family and new neighbors. It was a huge hit. Also, my neighbor just happens to run a print shop and is now a client. The manager replied, Great job. You are an amazing, faithful assistant. You proved that you can be trusted even with a small gift. Now I will put you in charge of much more. I'm having a party tonight with very important clients. You are invited. The salesman who received the organic Whole Foods turkey reported to his boss how he deep-fried the turkey and brought it to his girlfriend's house and how it was a huge success. He also reported that he too signed a new client at his Thanksgiving dinner. The manager replied, You too have proven that I can trust you with a little and can trust you with even more. You are also invited to my party this evening. Then the temp, who received the great value turkey, spoke up and said, Sir... I know you are a nightmare boss who is never happy no matter what I do. Plus, you close sales that I started and call my clients without my permission. I didn't want to make you upset, so I cleared out the break fridge and put your turkey in there. You can have it back. His manager responded, you horrible and lazy temp. If you really think that I call your clients and close your sales, then you should have at least given the turkey to another salesman who would have cooked it and shared it with potential clients. Then when I returned, there would have at least been a chance that someone enjoyed the turkey and maybe someone would have landed a sale. Take the turkey away from him. Give it to the assistant manager. To all who I have given gifts to, even more will be given to the point where there will even be extra. But to those who despise my gifts... I will take away all my gifts. Please escort this temp out of the office and onto the street. Let him see what it's like to live without my gifts. It'll be harsh. Whenever I read a parable, either the original or a retold one, I first ask the question, who is Christ in this parable? And here's a hint. Christ is usually the one in charge, the king, the boss, or the one giving out gifts, the one sowing seeds and reaping. So in this version of the parable, Christ is the manager who has gone on vacation, but who will return. Remember, Jesus told the original parable to the disciples as they were fretting and worrying about what's going to happen when you leave us. Are we going to be okay? And this parable is part of a larger discourse where Jesus keeps saying, you're going to be okay. Okay, I've got things covered for you. 
I'm going to take care of the big things. I'm going to take care of the small things. One day I will return and take care of everything. In the meantime, I'm going to equip you for good work and give you the things, the gifts you need to get it done. So what's the turkey then in this parable? What are the bags of gold in the original parable? Well, first and foremost, the turkey, the bags of gold, the gifts from God, it's the gift from God, the gospel. The good news that you don't have to worry about making God happy. You don't have to worry about pleasing him. You don't have to worry about your work to please him. He's got it all done for you. He gives you Christ's life, death, and resurrection as if they're yours. And now, resting in that, we can think about what the turkey, the bag of gold, might also be. And it's this. It's the other gifts God has given you. What I like to call gospel gifts. Things like your love, your energy, your time, your skills, your talents, your resources, and yes, your money. You are not supposed to do what the tempted and bury those in the ground. You're supposed to do what the good employees do. And that brings us to our last question. Who are we in this story? Well, you're either the good employee or you're the temp. Let's look at the temp first. He has a weird response to the manager. A weird response to Christ. And he says, I know that you are hard to please. You're not happy with any of the things I do. The temp's actually kind of right. Our God demands perfection. He wants perfect work from us. To be right with God, we have to be 100% perfect, but I already told you that's taken care of. Our God is the type of manager knowing full well you're never going to close the sale. You're never really going to get the work done. He calls your client for you and closes the sale. And yes, he's the guy who takes things that aren't his. You know what he takes from you? Your sin. Takes things that aren't his and closes the sale for you. Reaps what he didn't sow. This is a gift. But the temp doesn't see it that way because he wants to be in charge. He would rather take that perfect, awesome gift and bury it in the ground instead of sharing it with others. This is kind of what Christian life is like. I don't know if you remember cooking your first turkey, or maybe you haven't because the task is so daunting, but the first time I tried to cook a turkey, I went to Barnes & Noble, and I went through the cookbook aisle and looked at every celebrity chef cookbook I could find and read all of the turkey recipes I could. And you know what I found out? Every celebrity chef thinks they have the only perfect way to cook a turkey, and they all contradict each other. Some say to stuff the turkey, some say not to, some say to wrap it in bacon, some say that's gauche, you should never do that. Some say deep fry it, some say don't do that, you'll burn your house down. There are so many contradicting ways to make a turkey that it's overwhelming. And this is kind of what Christian life can be like sometimes. It's, it's what life is like when God gives us gifts and we're trying to figure out what to do with them. We'll go down the Christian book aisle 
at Barnes and Noble and see all the recipes for Christian life. And you know what they also do? Contradict each other. And sometimes contradict scripture. But the truth is actually simple. It's a gospel good news truth. There are infinite, beautiful ways to cook a turkey. And they're all unique to every person that does it. And over time, you get better at it. For some, it's baking the turkey, wrapping it in bacon. For some, it's deep frying it. For some, it's smoking it on their Traeger. For some, it's spatchcocking it and grilling it. Lots of beautiful ways to cook a turkey. It's the same way with Christian life. There are many beautiful ways to share God's gifts with others, and they don't all look the same. And some of us are given heritage turkeys and some of us great value turkeys. But we don't leave them in the freezer and we don't cook them just for ourselves. I'll give you one final story about a time someone shared a turkey with me. It started off as the worst Thanksgiving I've ever had. It was my first Thanksgiving away from my family. They were in Texas and I moved to Georgia to try to find a job. But the only job I found was as a security guard at a small Christian school. And I drew the short straw and had to be the security guard on Thanksgiving Day from 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. So I showed up to work that morning with my TV dinner frozen turkey, complete with gravy and cardboard stuffing. And I sat down ready to have the worst day of my life. Because my day consisted of happy families showing up on the property wanting to play football on the football field or take, take their walk for a dock, uh, dog for a walk around the track. But my job was to stop them at the gate and tell them to go home. It was not a fun job that day and I started to reach my tipping point because family after family was showing up and finally a lady showed up at 4 o'clock. I'm like, why aren't you at home eating? <laughs> And she wanted to take her dog for a walk, and I said, no. And she looked a little perturbed and left. And two hours later, I'm sitting down with my microwaved Thanksgiving turkey, and I see that lady show up again. And I truly reach my tipping point. There's only a few times in life I've really cried, and usually it's over food. And this was one of those times I started to cry a bit because, man, I'm having the worst Thanksgiving meal and now I got to go deal with this lady. So I walk out there, past my tipping point, ready to let her have it. She gets out of her car and I start to say, ma'am, I've already told you. And she holds up her finger to me and says, hold on, young man. Oh. She walks around the back of her car opens up the hatch and starts handing me hot dishes of turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, everything. And then apologized for not bringing it sooner because she didn't know I was there. The best Thanksgiving meal I've ever, ever had. Her tipping point caused a new tipping point for me. Her sharing God's gifts, actual literal turkey this time, with me, changed my life that day. It helped me look at things in a different way. 
and see how the gospel can be shared in many numerous unexpected ways, small and large. God did not give you leftover gifts. God joyfully shared his best with you to the tipping point. He gives you the gift of Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection for you. You get to rest in the truth that he will do all the work for you, making things right between you and him, and then returning one day and making all things right. In the meantime, as he fills you to the tipping point, he will joyfully use you and others in beautiful and unexpected ways to share his gospel gifts with others. And that is some seriously good news that you can rest in and be thankful for. Please join me in prayer. Father God, we thank you for joyfully sharing your best with us. We thank you for filling us to the tipping point each and every day. Help us to not treat your gifts like leftovers, but to share our best with others the same way you did when you shared your son. Work in and through us to joyfully share the gospel message with others. Help us to not treat the skills, time, and money you have gifted us as mere leftovers, but instead inspire us and enable us to share your gifts in creative, unique, and unexpected ways. Amen.